0: Hey there, welcome to The Green Room, a regular podcast where we take a look at news and culture through a two-lane lens. I'm Ryan Rivet, and I'll be your host for this episode as we take a closer look at the stock market. If you have any money in the market, January probably feels like the worst roller coaster ever. Lots of downs with very few ups to get rid of that uncomfortable pit in your stomach. In short, it's been a brutal month. In fact, it's been the worst January in history. So, is this the canary in the coal mine letting us know that the economy is about to implode? For an answer to this question, with the hope of shedding some light on what's happened so far in 2016, I went to Tulane's A.B. Freeman School of Business to talk to Peter Rashuti, radio host, finance professor, and director of research for the Birken Road Reports. I asked him to read the tea leaves and assess the
1: damage. It's funny, there's a thing called the January effect, and, so, and where it goes is that so goes January, so goes the rest of the year, um, which I guess mathematically sort of makes <laughs> makes sense. But this is the worst start we've had um in in really in in recent history, uh, we're down about 15, 20% of the market. And I think the thing that surprises people is that those are the averages. There's individual stocks that are just being decimated.
0: If you read anything about the market or watch the talking heads on financial news, you're bound to hear that the down market is due to a couple of things, primarily China and the low price of oil. The slowing growth of the Chinese economy is sending ripples across the globe. and Rashudi says that this is due in part to unreasonable expectations.
1: I think that people just were assuming something kind of crazy. They were assuming this cu- this country could continue to grow at double digit rates. Well, you can 25 years ago just mathematically because your denominator's so small, you know. But when you get bigger, you just can't grow at those at those rates anymore. And I do think they've slowed down, and I'm not saying China's not important. I mean, there's there's over a billion people in China. You know, what a one billion people means it means that uh, even if you're Somebody tells you you're a one-in-a-million kind of guy, there's a thousand people just like you. So there's uh, it certainly, and it's uh, it's hurt on the commodity side because they were basically buying anything that could be produced, you know, everything from rock to copper to to oil. And while the growth in China is slowing down, it's still around
0: 7%, which, Rashudi says, is nothing to scoff at especially considering that U.S. economic growth is hovering somewhere around 2.5%. He says that rather than a crash, it's more likely that this is a sign of an evolution for the Chinese economy.
1: And they're also entering a different phase of their growth. The early phase when you when you sort of invent an economy is a lot of building and construction, and, and now they're moving towards the consumer side to actually have their people uh, um, you know, as as real real consumers, because they have some money. So that's a you need a different set of um, uh, of assets. You don't need a ton of coal and copper anymore. So yeah,
0: oil is another factor dragging the market down. And Raschuti says that we should probably get used to it. Oil prices rallied a bit this week to erase some of the month's losses, but we're still looking at prices around 30 bucks a barrel. And he says that could be particularly tough on Louisiana.
1: Uh, the oil stocks themselves and Louisiana. Uh, is a very different story. You know, I, I have the radio show out to lunch in New Orleans, but I also have one in Lafayette, and I make a point of I drive ten to Lafayette, which you don't see anything, but it's pretty quick, and I come home on ninety, and you sort of see the just the the the, the guts of the oil business just falling apart out there. And a lot of these companies have debt, and and one of the reasons they have debt is is that public companies and Wall Street pays for growth and I think Wall Street's it's been a disservice to be a public company because they've been throwing money at these companies. Now they're having to pay off that debt. I don't think you can get prices back above 60 bucks because at 60 dollars what happens is shale which we've got zillions of barrels uh, starts to become marginally profitable and they reopen those spigots.
0: In spite of this January correction he wants to remind people that the stock market is not the economy, and that the markets have been known to be irrational. He says that the vast majority of the U.S. economy is made up of Americans buying things, and because of that, we should be okay.
1: My own feelings are that we're probably getting pretty close to some sort of uh, bottom in here. The consumer, and this is, remember, the U.S. economy is driven by spe- consumer spending, and the consumer's in better shape now than I can almost ever remember. Consumer confidence is at 11-year high. Uh, they're benefiting from these low prices at the pump, um, personal balance sheets are in terrific shape. Uh, I just don't see this as the beginning of the beginning of the end. While
0: Rashudi rejects that investors should run screaming from the stock market, he says that this dismal January shouldn't be as much of a surprise as it has been for so many. He says the so-called FANG stocks, which are Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google, were propping up a weak market for quite a
1: while. I mean, the indexes have been hiding uh... the real deterioration in some of these stocks. Like 2015 ended with seventeen percent of the S&P 500 in a bear market. In other words, down twenty percent from their fifty-two week high. So it's, much, uh, it's a pretty broad uh, decline in here. And you can't blame it all on the oil stocks. I mean, the oil stocks are, represent about eight percent of the S&P, so there's, uh, there's more, to the, more to the damage than that, yeah.
0: Even if he admits the damage, Rashudi says that he sees the light at the end of the tunnel, he also sees the potential to make some money going forward.
1: I think uh, I think I'd be surprised if the market doesn't end up, uh, you know, flat up for the uh, for the rest of the year. I, low interest rates and low fuel prices for a long period of time—that's about the best recipe for an improving economy you could you could get. Uh, you know, we talked to a lot of money managers, and they seem to be um, setting themselves up to find some real opportunities. I think if I had uh, you know $100,000 I, w- I might be putting 10,000 of it to work now and you know if we go down further add another $10,000 so nobody really knows uh, these talking heads supposedly do on CNBC and such but uh, uh, nobody really knows where the bottom is. I think it's, uh, it's going to be another record year for uh, mergers and acquisitions. So, uh, And also uh, I'd like to point out from the business school um, at least what I see anecdotally is um, businesses seem to be hiring our students so um, that's that's a pretty good indicator right there.
0: That certainly seems like a pretty good sign to me. Well, that's our show. Special thanks to Peter Rusciuti for sitting down and quelling some of our panic. We hope you enjoyed our show, and you can comment down below or send us an email to newwave at tulane.edu. If you did like the show, you can check us out on SoundCloud or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That will give you access to all of our old shows and everything we've got coming up in the future. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us next time in the green room.